You know, for about two months now, people have been telling me that Highland is a singing congregation. And there were many weeks when I prayed that one day I would get to experience that. And I think this morning we did. Today's scripture reading is from Genesis 32, starting in verse 22. The same night, he got up and took his family and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise, everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So the man said to him, what is your name? And he replied, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob said to him again, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. Then the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Friends, this is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth May the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Before the pandemic began, back in December of 2019, I went on a trip to New York City And I saw the Broadway rendition of my all-time favorite book, To Kill a Mockingbird, by Harper Lee. In it, a white lawyer named Atticus Finch defends a black man named Tom Robinson, who has been falsely accused of a crime in a small town in Alabama in the early 1930s. Atticus's daughter, Scout, begins to hear the gossip around town that her father shouldn't be taking on a case like this and defending Tom Robinson. And so she asks Atticus why he's doing it. He says to her, if I didn't defend Tom Robinson, I couldn't hold my head up. I couldn't even tell you or your brother not to do something again. Every lawyer gets at least one case in their lifetime that affects them personally, and this one's mine, I guess. So then she says, but what if you're wrong? I mean, most people in town think that they're right and you're wrong. 
He says, well, they're certainly entitled to their own opinions, but before I can live with other folks, I've got to live with myself. The one thing that doesn't abide by majority rule is a person's conscience. So then Scout says, well, are you going to win the case? To which Atticus says, no, honey, I'm not. Because he knows that there was no way he can win with an all-white jury. This, of course, makes Scout even more confused. And in one of the most famous quotes from the book, Atticus responds to her by saying this. Simply because we were licked a hundred years before we started is no reason for us not to try to win. And in today's scripture reading, Jacob has been licked a few times, hasn't he? He's licked time and time again by this stranger who just shows up and attacks him in the middle of the night. (laughs) And though he has every reason to give up, he continues to wrestle with this man all through the night until daybreak. Now, we are never told the stranger's name, but we do know that he is quite the rival for Jacob. He's strong enough to knock his hip out of joint, but neither one of them will let go, and they fight all through the night until finally at daybreak, Jacob is still hanging on, and the stranger says to him, okay, let me go. It's almost daytime. But Jacob calls out, not until you give me a blessing, which is a strange thing to call out to someone you are fighting with all through the night, right? But the stranger says to him, fine, Your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed. And suddenly we know this stranger's divine identity. Now, I fully admit that this is a really strange story. (laughs) And I chose it. I'm going off lectionary this week. So I chose the strange one. And I have a lot of questions about it. Like, why would God come fight with Jacob in the middle of the night? Why would God pull out Jacob's hip socket? (laughs) And what do we do with the fact that Jacob evidently wins the fight, or at least lasts the longest, when he's fighting against this stranger who appears to be God? Does that mean that God loses the fight? And then what do we do with that? But I love what Bible scholar Carl Gregg points out about this strange story. He says this story shows us a God who is willing to take the form of a human. A God who is humble enough to have self-limited power in order to meet us on a level playing field. And the new name that this God gives Jacob is Israel, which means God strives. Jacob's very name indicates that this God, the God of his ancestors, is one who is willing to enter into the fray and to strive with human beings. Not above them or far removed from them, but right there with them. 
His God is willing to stay up with him all through the night, to wrestle with him in the midst of his fear and unknowing, and even to bless him in the morning because the God of Israel strives with him. Rachel Held Evans points out that the story about Jacob wrestling with God through the night is actually one of our origin stories, and we can't underestimate its significance. Because she says it demonstrates that embedded within our history is this dynamic and personal and back and forth relationship between God and God's people. It reminds us that we do not descend from a people who see themselves as the triumphant tops of the food chain. But rather the people who descend from Jacob, the people of Israel, are a wandering and wondering people. A people, to, to use the vernacular of our day, struggle with their faith. She later says, if I've learned anything from 35 years of doubt and belief, it's that faith is not a passive intellectual assent to a set of propositions Faith is a rough and tumble, no-holds-barred, all-night-long struggle. Which means if you have ever struggled to believe, if you've ever questioned back and forth or doubted God, if you have ever wrestled with something all through the night, just trying to make sense of it all and crying out to God, there is absolutely space for you here. There is space for you in this church. There is space for you in scripture. And there is space for you from the very beginning of the story of the people of God. Except I don't know about you, but I never heard that in church growing up. I never heard that people who struggle with faith or who wrestle back and forth with God were part of our story, part of our genealogy, let alone that I had permission to be one of those people. If anything, I was taught to pray for those poor, misguided people that they would come to see the light, which is what makes this strange text so very liberating for us. Because the same God who wrestles with Jacob all night long is the God who meets us in the midst of our wrestling too. I asked people at Friday Church this week if they might be willing to share what they are wrestling with right now. And the responses that sprung up from within these pews Friday night were just phenomenal. They shared things like, I'm struggling with faith, with grief, separation, doubt, health, anxiety. And finally, one voice way in the back of the room said, I'm struggling with some people right now. (laughs) We get it, don't we? And we are a church that isn't afraid to wrestle And like Jacob, we have the wounds to prove it. (laughs) Maybe you have wrestled with the Bible. Because some of the things it says feel so contradictory to who we believe God to be and you just struggle to make sense of it all. 
Maybe you have felt limited by the Bible or silenced or ashamed even, especially by people who tend to use the Bible more as a litmus test or even as a weapon instead of a guidebook of sacred stories that guide and speak into our lives even still. Maybe you've wrestled with church, a church where you have been wounded or that left a sour taste in your mouth. Maybe you've wrestled with this church. There is space for that too. One of my favorite stories from Highland is from our friend Lula Reynolds, who I hope is watching from Florida this morning, but will be back with us in a few weeks. When I first met Lula, she told me that she had totally given up on church because for years she just couldn't believe that a church would ever fully accept her and love her for who she was. When she first came to Highland, she was skeptical. And she sat on the very back pew, back there next to the soundboard, and avoided conversation with anyone. And Lula told me that it took her 10 years to gradually move up pew by pew until finally she and Nancy began sitting here at the front because she just couldn't imagine. She was wrestling with this idea that a church like Highland could really know her and love her and welcome her for who she was. And I know Lula is not the only one of us who has wrestled with something like that. Maybe you have wrestled with a deep pain or loss and you just don't know how to go on now. Maybe you've wrestled with addiction and it always feels like this one step forward, two steps back kind of journey. Maybe you have wrestled with an injustice in our community or world, something that just isn't right, and try as we might, we don't even begin to know how to repair it. That's something we wrestle with a lot here at Highland. Maybe you've wrestled with a question for which there just aren't easy answers or quick fixes or simple solutions. I know in some of my own seasons of wrestling, they've been in the times of not knowing, not knowing what is coming next. Maybe of needing to make a big decision or preparing for a difficult situation, waiting for a particular challenge to play out, making it through two years of a pandemic. It's the not knowing that keeps me tossing and turning in the middle of the night because I feel so out of control. Because once I know what's coming, as difficult as it may be, I can make plans. I can create a to-do list. I can wrap my mind around what's next. But not knowing always leaves me feeling like the tectonic plates of my life have shifted, which can feel so overwhelming. And I wonder if this might be how Jacob is feeling. He, He doesn't know what's ahead of him. Earlier in the story, if you read back in Genesis a bit, his brother Esau has put the word out that he is going to kill Jacob. And Jacob's done some rotten things to him. 
So when Jacob announced that he was going to see his brother to try to make amends, Esau responded by sending an army of 400 people ahead of him to signal that he means business. And so Jacob sends his family away, and suddenly he is by himself in the middle of the night, and his whole life is up in the air. And yet this text reminds us that even in the dark, even when we can't see what's next, even when there is no light in sight, our God does not leave us stranded. Because God shows up with us in the middle of the night and in the midst of our wrestling and God stays by our side until daybreak. But notice that the story doesn't end there with the sunrise and a happily ever after ending. Because verse 31 says that the sun rose and Jacob walked away that day with a limp. Sure, he survived this night-long struggle, but the experience does not leave him unchanged. And I imagine that the same is true of our own experiences in the darkness, isn't it? Pain and grief and trauma and loss, all these things change something about us that will never quite be the same again. A close friend of mine back in Texas had a daughter who passed away in her early 20s. And she often talked with me about how losing her daughter changed her forever. Things she once loved or even excelled at doing just didn't come naturally to her anymore. She used the language of a tool belt around her waist. She said, it's as if I'm reaching down for a tool. I've had it right there by my side my whole life, and I know exactly where I keep it. But now I reach down, and I can't feel it anywhere in my pocket. And so I frantically feel around trying to find it, only to discover that it's not there anymore. And it's in that moment that I remember again that I've been changed forever. Highland, I wonder how your times in the darkness have changed you. Or how are they changing you? What have you gained from wrestling with God through the night? What have you lost? And who are you becoming in the midst of it all? Please hear me out because I'm not trying to say that everything happens for a reason or that some of the awful and heartbreaking things that happen to us and to our world are just part of God's perfect plan. Because I can't look you in the eyes and say any of those things. I don't believe them. Not for one second. But I do believe with every fiber of my being That we cannot be people of faith who only live in the sunny side of life. We cannot develop this solar-powered spirituality that only works when life is cheerful and bright and the sun is shining through the windows. Which is why this Lent at Highland, we are exploring the ways that God can meet us even in the dark when there is no light in sight. And then... 
I believe that one of the most critical tasks of our faith after wrestling with God through the night is learning to take that next brave step forward, even if it means we may walk with a limp. Anne Lamott says it this way. She says, if you haven't already, you will lose someone that you can't live without. And your heart will be badly broken. You will never completely get over the loss of your beloved. And I know as I look across the room today, I know those words hit home for so many of us who have experienced deep pain and loss even over the past year. But she says this, that there is also good news. They live forever in your broken heart that doesn't quite seal back up. And somehow, some way, you come through. It's like having a broken leg that never heals quite perfectly. That still hurts when the weather gets cold. But you learn to dance with a limp. And so, Highland, if you are wrestling with something today, if you are making your way through the dark, even if you've been licked before, and even though we will all be licked again, I hope you will have the courage to keep going, to take that next brave step forward as God is calling us, even if it means we may walk with a limp. Because Atticus Finch reminds us that that's what real courage is. He says it's when you know you're licked even before you begin, but you begin anyway and you see it through no matter what. You rarely win, he says, but sometimes, sometimes you do. And so take courage, my dear Highland. Remember that God will show up with you even when you least expect it. God will be with you in your wrestling and will stay by your side until daybreak. And even when you are in the dark, you are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen.